Pray with me. May the words of my heart and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Please be seated. I must admit that today's collect is one of my favorite in our prayer book. It starts with the words, stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. It's just so good. Uh, But one of my favorite things about the upcoming holiday season is the decadent and rich food that shows up at our gatherings. Growing up, my grandmother never missed an opportunity to cook, and Christmas was when she really shined. From her perfectly cooked ham, and I mean perfectly cooked, the various casseroles, and yes, even the gelatin salad, if you walked away from her house hungry, you had obviously done something wrong. But the one thing that I would nearly make myself sick on every year was her fudge. It truly was divine. One year I asked to help her make it, and as always, she obliged. If you've ever made fudge, you know that there is a lot of stirring. Stirring to make sure the sugar completely melts, stirring to keep the sugar from burning, stirring to make sure crystals don't form and make the fudge grainy. Then after a brief rest to allow it to cool, there is yet more stirring in order to thicken the batter and to incorporate the nuts which I actually think is the perfect metaphor for my family, mostly sweet with a few nuts. As a young kid, I remember my arms hurting from what felt like hours of stirring, only for that soreness to be but a memory as as I tasted the delight of my hard work. According to church lore, when cooks and servants in England would go to church on this Sunday and hear the words, stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, they would be reminded by the association of the idea of stirring that it was about time to head home and start stirring the puddings for Christmas that had been fermenting in their kitchens for weeks. The prime ingredient for their Christmas plum pudding and fruitcakes. Although the reading of this collect used to occur in November, since 1979 it has fallen on this Sunday in December. The traditional English batter for Christmas puddings and cakes would be too thick by now to stir, but we still refer to this Sunday as Stir Up Sunday. So today on this Stirred Up Sunday, what needs to be stirred up within us and within our souls to be prepared for what God is birthing among us at Christmas? A friend vacationing in the English countryside once told me of a bike tour he and his spouse had taken and signs that they had encountered along their path. One curious sign, he recalled, simply said, this is a sign. (laughs) Another read, do not move this sign. That was all, no context. These signs are comical because they have no purpose beyond themselves. Yet we know that a sign is meant to point to something beyond itself, or it has no meaning at all. John the Baptist, restless and in prison, was probably convinced of his own execution, begins to doubt, or at least wonder, if he had gotten it right. Until this point, John had never held back. 
His sermons and actions had been relentless, proclaiming the wrath of God and pointing them to the one with far greater power who was to come after him. John is always portrayed in icons with his index finger raised, pointing away from himself toward Christ. He's known as John the Pointer. But as John sat in the depths of his dark prison, what he knew of Jesus confused him. It didn't conform to the message of repentance and wrath to come that lay at the heart of the prophecy he had been sent to proclaim. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Jesus's response is plain and clear. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. These are all signs foretold in the prophecy of Isaiah, signs of the year of Jubilee, an inauguration of the kingdom of God among us. Perhaps what John has forgotten for the moment are the different roles to be played by him and Jesus. John is the hinge on the door of the gateway into the kingdom of God. John, we are told, is the greatest of all who have ever come before Jesus. But all who live in the kingdom of heaven, creation transformed by the life of God with us, will know fuller life and purpose than John. John is like the doorman who opens the door and ushers us, the rest of us through, pointing the way to life more glorious than what we have yet dared to dream or imagine. We see that the doubt of John the Baptist gets his disciples to be mindful of what Jesus does. The doubt of John the Baptist is pointing people to pay close attention to see and hear Jesus. Consider that hinge on the gate into such fullness of life as somewhat rusted, stuck in place. It takes the force, the harshness of the message of John the Baptist to bust the gate open But what lies before those who pass with Jesus is a life entirely different quality and tone. Life transformed. Brand new. Just a return, not just a return to the good old days, but as what St. Paul will declare, glory to God whose power working in us will do infinitely more than we could ask or imagine. We get so busy in these last days of Advent, leaning up to Christmas Day, bringing out and setting up decorations and all of the trappings of this beloved holiday season, intent on revisiting the warmth of Christmas's past, that we too often are distracted from the profound wonder of God that is birthing among us. John points not to the best of what has been, but a world transformed, the very Advent of the kingdom of God. The prophet Isaiah proclaims the vision of barren desert rejoicing and blossoming abundantly with joy and singing, weak hands being strengthened, fearful hearts being given hope, waters breaking forth to create flowing streams in the desert, the way home through that desert being transformed into a broad and straight highway that even a fool can travel safely through. How much do we dare hope about the gift being given to us this Advent and this Christmas? Are we looking for the best of what we've experienced before? Or do we dare look for more? 
Today, John the Baptist stands among us still pointing. He is not pointing behind us that we might return to the glory days. John points us toward a transformative and life-giving future. The great challenge facing the church today is not how to revive or resuscitate faith communities stagnating. The challenge facing us is to offer the church and the world a fresh vision of a renewed and transformed world. The kingdom of God drawn near to all of God's children, all of God's creation, and not just the faithful. It is time for us to share the good news and hope with others, especially with those who might be in doubt. The kingdom of God being revealed in the person of Jesus Christ is different. It is far more than we have yet imagined. And unless we are yearning in this moment to discover something brand new among us and before us, we are likely to miss this point altogether. John the Baptist stands among us this day, pointing to a life transformed in Jesus. May we awaken Christmas morning to the joy of opening up that life unexpected, more than we have ever dared to ask for. And thereby, through our life together, the life will not be given to us alone, but to the whole world. And I think I can agree with you this morning that that's the kind of stirring up that we need. Amen.